check, mic check. Hello? Anybody home? Not yet. Do you hear you? Yep, I can hear me. I can hear you. Yep, check, check. You sound handsome. All right, Mark, did you know that he did not bring his girlfriend? Yeah, I know. I was actually, uh, at Smokey broke the news to me last night, and I was like, kind of why I invited her. <laughs> <laughs> Uninvited. Hey, yeah, unfollow. Right. So is she really from the North Pole? She is, yeah. Family's born and raised there, so every Christmas we've been going, and we literally go to Santa Claus's house, and- I was going to say, is, reindeer and is that her dad? Like, what the hell? Like, I've never known of anybody from the North Pole. So I'm pretty sure they moved there when the rush happened, right? And they were- they're, you know, they had friends making great money, and so him and Wendy, his wife, just picked up, went to go make some money before they had kids, and ended up just liking it there and stayed there. Damn, different world. <laughs> that's different, crazy, different right? World. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, maybe uh, Smokey get a job up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a South Pole elf because oh, okay. he's angry. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could actually, that I could actually see that. That makes sense. All right. Well, we're here today with uh, Christian Guzman. And, uh, you know, great to finally have you here. We've, he and I've been in communication for a little bit on getting him here. And, um, I've known Christian for a few years, but, uh, haven't had the opportunity to kick it with him. And today we got a chance to throw down, got a chance to do some bench pressing. Yes, sir. We, uh, did some slingshotting and we also, uh, utilized a bamboo bar. We did some two minute pressing, uh, with dumbbells. It was a, it was a pretty, pretty damn good workout. How did that workout today differ from a lot of the things that you've done in the past? I would say it was much, it was much longer duration, but it was very good. I still felt amped up. I still felt warmed up. And right now I just feel like, like I feel very fatigued, but not, it's a different, it's a different yeah. feeling than when you just you know do a ton of volume and you have a, an amazing pump and all this stuff versus just literally like really smoking yourself out and lifting extremely heavy. I'm, I'm kind of like shaky in my arms. <laughs> right. Now. Yeah. So it's like, uh, someone, uh, zapped all your strength. Mm -hmm. Like they exactly. Just... Yeah came by with a stick and zapped the strength out of you. Um, how do you normally train? Like, what do you normally do in a lot of your, uh, a lot of your training? So really, I like to start my workout with a big compound and that's where I'll spend majority of my time. But after today, I realized that I'm not spending that much time on it. Mm. If I do a push day, for example, I'll do a bench and maybe spend 25 minutes total. So mm. I'm only resting, you know, on my working sets, maybe two minutes, two right. and a half if I'm really, you know, trying to hit some numbers. But um, and then I'll really speed everything up. I bring my rest time down. I, I probably do six to eight movements a day mm -hmm. and I try to be in and out within an hour, maybe, maybe an hour, 15 tops. Right. And you're pretty busy too. I mean, you got an apparel brand and you got this energy drink thing going on. Tell me a little bit about the energy drink. So the energy drink started about two years ago, about a year and a half ago. Um, got a little bit of a rocky start. We dealt with this lawsuit, blah, blah, blah. Got it sorted learned a lot of lessons and now this year we've really been picking up momentum and we're just trying to get into every we want to be on every street corner in the world That's and awesome. uh we're already in the uk uh in a lot of spots in the uk we're in 7-eleven in chicago and denver uh and now we're just trying gnc is picking us up in march so we're just really really focused on blowing that up did the lawsuit kind of scare the crap out of you? You were like, wait, what? No, it pissed me off. And that, that's where I learned my, that's where, that, that's where I made a mistake. I was like, oh yeah, let, let's go at it. You oh, know, let's you. go at it. And then my stubborn, stubborn head just, I spent way too much money. And at the end of it, it was just a big learning lesson to sometimes just have to accept and move on. And just, I hate saying take the easier way out, but at some point it's just not worth it to continue fighting. 
I heard a good quote the other day. I really like quotes. I get very attached to them. You saw me writing one on the, on the board up there. Uh, I thought you morning. planned that. So when I walked in, like literally as I'm walking in, I was like, he definitely saw me he's writing his motivational quote. Right when I walk <laughs> in, I'm like, that had to be a, a coincidence. Uh, so the quote, it goes, uh, you know, be open to anything and be attached to nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that quote a lot. And, um, when you're not so attached to stuff and if you can kind of think about how do I remove the emotion mm-hmm. of this, you know, somebody just said, somebody, you know, comes up to you and they kind of said something rude and, and maybe it caught you off guard and you weren't expecting it. Um, how do you kind of like deflate that a little bit or, or you're in conversation with somebody and, um, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're talking about business and, and they propose something to you. Mm-hmm. And in your head, the first thing that if your first reaction is like, oh, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not doing that. We would never do that. And these are all like, these are all very normal things. Being negative is normal. Mm-hmm. It's not effective, but it's normal. And so when you start to think about how it's not effective, then you can say, okay, well, it does me absolutely no good. And it doesn't do the other person any good for me to be hurtful or harmful towards what they're saying. It doesn't do me any good. It doesn't uh, help the conversation move forward. It doesn't help my business. It doesn't make any sense uh, for me to fire back with fire right now. Mm-hmm. So that's what I try to think about when I get in conversations with people, especially about business. I'm trying to think, you know, how does it help? How does it hurt? And if uh, somebody comes to me with an idea that I don't really like, uh, a lot of times I will deflect rather than like reject. So yeah. I'll, somebody might say something and I'll say, well, you're not wrong. That's actually a great idea, but mm-hmm. I think maybe we should try this. Like yeah. in addition to what you said, mm-hmm. you know, well, even if I, even if I still kind of think I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to be a straight shooter, but at the same time, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to like, you know, shoot some things down. And, and like you said, uh, you kind of learned from that, uh, mistake because you got pissed. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stupid words turning around and you know calling you know the calling kind of whatever well, anyway let's not talk about it yeah too much. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just, learned we well it just gets ugly right and then it gets you know it's social media and everything and it's like wow okay a lot of this could have been just avoided if exactly. i was just uh going on about my day if i just keep uh keep working out keep training through it you've been training for a long time and you've been on youtube for a long time and you i think a lot of this started for you um, even as a teenager, I think you were sharing information on YouTube. Is that right? Yeah. I started YouTube at 19. Uh, it was my first year of college, second semester. And at the time I was just, in, I was obsessed with fitness and obsessed, with, you know, Matt Ogus, Craig Blake, Chris Jones, all these guys that were, that were doing it. And they were kind of like the first people putting out information that I had never heard of. You know, I mean, I would go to bodybuilding.com and look for workouts and stuff like that, but it was, a, it was somewhere, you know, YouTube was a platform you could type in something on, you know, biceps on the search bar. And, you know, I would watch hours and hours and hours of videos and just try to learn, learn a little bit from everybody and try to kind of soak it all in and go test it. You know, I was just testing everything, all the methods, supersets, drop sets, and, you know, just macros and just seeing what I liked and what worked. And how old are you now? Now I'm 25. So I started six years ago. And, and it, uh, and it obviously has worked really well because you said that you were uh, very thin, right? Yeah. Uh, so I haven't grown in height at all since I started working out, but I was about 115, 120 pounds. And now I'm about 185, almost 190 right now. That's so. awesome. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, like we, we talk constantly on this show about weight loss because for a long time, my audience was fat powerlifters. Everyone was kind of like wondering, Hey, how do I shed a couple pounds after a contest or how do I shed some weight? Uh, but in your case, uh, you needed to gain weight and you used it through 
you know, a lot of these methods are, are kind of controversial. You know, people talking about like flexible dieting, there's people that love it. And there's other people that say, Hey man, you can't get in shape eating a pop tart. And like, it just, there's a lot of misconceptions mm -hmm. about these things. Uh, but you're someone that utilized these techniques and, and you put on 80 pounds. Yeah. And I think, you know, just like there's a, a lot of people that need to lose weight. There's also a whole demographic of skinny guys that want to put on muscle and that have problems gaining and that just want to look big and that are naturally skinnier guys. You know, my, right. my ankles, my wrists, my waist, it, it, I'm tiny. So to put muscle on the frame was a big challenge for me. Yeah. Story of my life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we That's were a, just talking. Yeah. I was, I was grilling him before the, sh uh, before we went on air, like, dude, okay. So what do I got to do? And he's like, okay, you got to eat all your protein. And then right before you go to bed, eat some ice cream. I was like, well, I'm I like, don't think Mark's going to agree with that. <laughs> well, so for me, it's, you know, just like we talked about counting macros, if you're trying to lose weight, mm -hmm. if you're a really hard gainer and you don't know how many calories you're having every single day, right. then there's no, you can't build a house if you don't know the measurements, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't, you, you have to know what you're intaking in order to hit your goal. And for me, yeah, you know, I have about a gram of protein, say 200 grams of protein a day. I try to keep my fat fairly low. For me, that's under a hundred, 120 grams. And then I shoot my carbs up. And so unless I'm hitting that 4,200 calorie mark and to hit 4,200 calories of oatmeal, sweet potato, ground beef, and turkey, good luck <laughs> mm -hmm. every day. Like that is very, very difficult to do. So for me, yeah, when I'm having that many calories, maybe 20% of my intake, something like that will be something like cereal, something that I can just get down without stuffing myself mm -hmm. and making me just lethargic and, you know, having to take naps all day. Well, and that person that you're talking about eating, you know, the oatmeal and going that route, that's called a professional bodybuilder. You know, that, and that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that is a, that is a way that you can do it. But, but I agree with what you're saying. And, you know, I, I made a post this morning and it just, I, I make posts regardless of how popular they are. Obviously I know that sometimes when I post with certain people or certain things that I do, I, I do recognize, oh, okay, this will be, you know, people will be excited about this. Me and Brian Shaw, like people always get pumped about that or me and Ed Cohn or something like that, you know? Uh, but you know, the post I made this morning, I, I, I had a couple bagels on my way here th this morning. Now I don't normally even, I don't normally even eat carbohydrates just cause uh, the type of diet that I follow. Um, however, I think that there's a misconception here that sometimes people think that I'm against carbohydrates or sometimes people think I'm against uh, junk food, but I don't, wh what I'm against is uh, people not getting what they want, people not being able to figure out how to put on muscle, people not being able to figure out how to lose body fat. And a lot of the people that I communicate with that have trouble with body fat, they have trouble with control in their diet. Normally the things that they struggle with control wise are kind of highly processed foods. So it's not really just carbohydrates, it's carbohydrates and fat. Usually it's things like donuts and cookies and and those things have a tremendous amount of fat calories as well as carbohydrates. So I say, you know, war on carbs and people think, oh man, he doesn't think you should have carbs. And no, that's not the message because I do think that, you know, rice and sweet potatoes, and I think all those things have a place, but I actually think that, and I've been kind of in search of trying to find a doctor who can come on here and explain some of this, but I actually think that there's some, uh, a little bit of magic behind some, some of these, uh, you know, things that most people think are junk food. I think that maybe because of the things that they do to the body, maybe because they are highly processed, maybe they're doing things that are negative, but maybe they're doing like a little bit of positive. And I would say a lot of that positive is going to be mental. I think just the mental break of, Hey, I can have a few Oreos. And, and I just want to clarify, you know, when I'm dieting and I'm at 2,200 calories a day, 
no, I'm not going to be fitting in 20% of junk food. I'm going to be eating voluminous foods with micronutrients so I can supply my low energy body to keep going. I'm not going to be fitting in a pop tart if I'm only allowed 2,200. If I'm, if I have 200 carbs for the day, I'm that's, you'll never catch me doing that. You know, maybe once if I'm really craving something sweet and I'm like, okay, I'll allocate 25 carbs, maybe one for maybe an ice cream sandwich just to kind of mentally put me at ease and allow me to keep going, you know, but if you are trying to lose weight, you don't want to be fitting in things that really add nothing to, they add nothing to the fuel into your body. They're not adding value. Exactly. And I like what you well, just said there. a little different though. Cause you're just, yeah. I'm so full all day. You know, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I can't stuff myself like that all day. Right. And, uh, what you just said too, ice cream sandwich, like I, so that's something that I will occasionally buy for my kids. Mm -hmm. And, and why will I buy them an ice cream sandwich when meanwhile I'm promoting, you know, that, that I try to feed them nutritious foods. Well, I cook for them every morning. Uh, my wife cooks for them every night. They have pretty good nutrition anyway, but an ice cream sandwich is way different than having a big ass thing of ice cream in the fridge. Yeah. Because if I let them kind of, you know, if I let them party on that, they're going to take out, you know, scoop after scoop after scoop. Mm -hmm. Ice cream sandwich is like one serving. So those kind of tricks are, are really good. And then if you're counting your macronutrients and you're counting your calories, um, you know, that's where you can start to say, okay, maybe there is some room for packaged foods. There's mm -hmm. a lot of things in the grocery store that have a hundred calories. So yeah. now maybe you do have an opportunity to mix in some processed foods here and there. Yeah. And just a few base rules while we're talking about flexible dieting, I'm an advocate of a minimum of two servings of fruit, two servings of veggies a day. I think you should be hitting for males, at least 30 to 40 grams of fiber females, anywhere 15 to 25 grams. And once you hit all those requirements and needs, you're probably, if you're trying to lose weight, you're probably not left with much wiggle room. And so you really just have to try everything out you have to hit these requirements sort of see where your intake is at and you uh kind of learn as you go you know yeah two servings of vegetables two servings of fruit i mean and when you start to think about some of these things all, all that you said was i want you to add these things mm -hmm. and so i love that message of addition by subtraction now now i just i gave you so much work to do i gave you so much stuff to do because now we got to also try to get in and there's been a lot of research done on this and, and maybe you don't need a gram per pound of body weight, but a little less. Yeah. yeah I'm sure, sure. Sure. It could probably even be like half, but for argument's sake, let's say about a, a, roughly a pound, roughly a gram per pound. Um, I gave you so much shit to do that you, you don't have time to uh, mess around with a lot of other junk. Exactly. You know, and it, it makes, it makes it, uh, just that much more simple. And I think, yeah, the, the, the message too, of the, if it fits your macros and flexible dieting, a lot of people like to use the pop tart and they like to use these different things and people get the message confused and they get the message confused when somebody's talking about a ketogenic or low carb uh, diet. Now, if you were to put it into a little bit different perspective on a low carb diet, somebody might cheat on the weekend or they might cheat. They might have a cheat meal or a cheat day. Cheat day is probably a little extreme, but they might have a cheat meal. Now, in terms of flexible dieting, all they're doing is they're sprinkling in the cheat kind of throughout the week. More sustainable. Yeah, right. And it, it, it could be more sustainable for some people. And maybe the other way is more sustainable for others because maybe some people like to be locked into their diet and you know, like to have these kind of strict rules, you know, during the weekend, maybe they let, a, let go a little bit uh, on the weekend or however it works for you. But I think, I think in the end, I think we're all fighting and all trying to say the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
all we're trying to do is have people be able to gain some control, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Gain some damn control over your diet because it's really hard. Yeah, especially just looking at the gen- at the population. I mean, it, it's crazy that I think a lot of people in the fitness scene in this industry, people that follow you, that follow me, they've heard this a million times. Shut up about the carbs already. I got it. But the thing is, the amount of the of, of people in the world that don't know how to lose weight, they don't. They think that you know this this. Keto is the only way to lose weight. Or I have to stop eating carbs completely or I have to do this or I have to do that or I have to buy this lean shake or I need to do a juice cleanse for three weeks to be able to, to lose any weight. It's just there's so much misinformation out there and all we want to do is provide you options that, that work and that you can try out and that ideally can be sustainable for a long period of time for your life. And I think a lot of people should uh, track what they're doing uh, when it, when it comes to people that have never really done it before mm-hmm. people that they just, they don't know if they're, they eat way too much. They don't know if they eat way too little. And, uh, you know, there's reference points that you can look up on the internet. It will tell you, you know, you multiply your you know body weight times this amount, depending on how, well, even that is a process. And even that takes time to figure out. And, uh, you know, for yourself, how did you kind of come to these numbers? I'm sure it took you a lot of time to figure out how many calories you needed to gain size, gain weight. Oh yeah. Constantly. Tra- I mean, very, really at the beginning tracking a lot and, you know, weighing myself pretty frequently to see what was happening. If I eat X amount, what's happening on the scale over weekly or two weekly, you know, three weeks, is it going up? Is it going down? Is it staying the same? Okay. Let me add a little bit more. Let me take away some. And so it's, like I said, it's really trial and error. And I, I, I'm a huge proponent of weighing yourself too. And, you know, I, I always say too, though, you know, with that, um, and even with looking at yourself in the mirror and stuff, just never kick a downed opponent, you know? So if you're, if you cheated and you ate like crap and you had some drinks and this and that, uh, on the weekend, there's really not a great, there's not a lot of great reasons for you to weigh yourself Monday morning. Like just take a little break from that say, I don't really need that. I'm not going to sit in front of the uh, mirror and, uh, you know, be pissed at myself. Just realize that it's time for you to get back on the plan. It's mm-hmm. time for you to get, get back into it. Yeah. hundred percent. What are some things that you do, uh, to try to keep you on track or are there some, you know, different things you try to lock into or, or do you try to even, uh, maybe at certain times of the year, maybe you don't even pay attention to your diet. To be honest right now, when you know, I have a, I'm starting my diet here in really just two months. So six weeks even. So I got six more weeks to live my life the way I want to live it. So to be honest, I'm being sure I hit my protein and take a day. I'm being sure I'm eating enough to continue gaining weight. And once I'm here, like around 190, to be honest, to gain is, I've never been over that in my life. And that's eating anything and everything in front of me. So I'm really just trying to push myself to continue eating and just be sure I can keep gaining the last few months before I start the start. The but diet. this isn't like an onslaught no, against no, no, like no, no, no. dirty food, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. And once everything starts, my everything changes. And, you know, of course, even when I'm bulking, I'm still eating my, my core food groups, my fruits, my veggies and everything. It's just, I have to really get the calories up. So once everything starts, it's almost just, that's when everything starts cleaning up a lot more. You know, my 20% of whatever I'm eating goes down, mm. you know, my, my, my volume comes back in. I start, you know, incorporating my cardio and I start dropping weight slowly and losing, you know, anywhere from half a pound to a pound and a half, even towards the beginning of the diet a week. And it's just a process that you have to learn. One thing that's helped me over the years is just sometimes, uh, going through periods of time where I'm just a little bit more active versus, yep. uh, being less active. 
uh, certain times a year, uh, I might walk a little bit more. I might train a little bit more. I want to say something about Mark. He stands up all day. We've been standing all day. <laughs> I'm, I sit all day, so my feet are hurting right now. <laughs> We've done a few uh, interviews and stuff, and we're standing. But it's really good. I feel like you're very active, and you're up yeah. early, and you're you know, you're, we were just talking when you were over there. He goes, yeah, it's pretty hard. At first, you know, he was filming for you and it was pretty hard to keep up with him. He's fast for 18 hours a day. I'm like, yo, I'm about to, I'm about to starve over here, man. So, uh, I can definitely see the activity levels really high. Yeah. And I, um, you know, when I, I first started having some of these guys follow me around with a camera and we're filming like hustle mania and stuff. I mean, we, but part of the reason we don't film hustle mania anymore is because these guys get ki- killed by it. <laughs> and that's basically just them kind of following me around for the day. But, uh, my wife is the one who pointed it out to me. Like, I always want to keep going. I always want to keep doing stuff. Even like having you here, we had to have put a little thought behind it. Cause we were like, well, we're coming off the LA fit expo. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, this is Christian Guzman. <laughs> like we got to make time for him. He's awesome. And, uh, so, and so we made it happen, but my wife is like, Hey, you know, you got to remember you got your staff too. You know, mm-hmm. you might feel fine, but she's like, I don't think they always do. So, so you got to pay attention to how they're doing too. Yeah, thanks, Andy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was talking to him about, um, yeah, when I would film Hustle Mania, and this was back when you were doing pretty strict keto. Mm-hmm. So you would fast for like 24 hours, sometimes 48 hours. <laughs> and you know, you know, how hard is it to follow somebody around with a camera? It's like, dude, well, shit, when, when he doesn't stop for food, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, tough. And yeah. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll go through tons of coffee. So it's like, Hey, you want something like, sure. Yeah. I'll have some coffee next couple hours. You want some more coffee? Like, sure. I'll take it. And then you start getting the coffee shakes. Right. And you're just <laughs> yeah. like, dude, when are we going to eat? And he's like, Oh, I'm good. I'm fasting right now. I was like, I- I'm going to, I'm going to wither away, man. Like I need to some- over. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a lot of hard work trying to keep up with Mark. Hey, you know what I did? I taught these guys how to meal prep. That's what it did. Yeah. I, Cause, uh, we would, you know, travel around, we'd go to like San Jose or San Francisco mm-hmm. and. I would say, hey, we're going to be gone for 12 hours. You guys need to pack your stuff. Because I, I don't want to stop. You know, yeah. I want to like, keep going, try to get, and I don't want to get stuck in traffic. Yeah, most else. bang for your buck, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. got to keep, keep shuffling those feet. Um, so you also have an apparel brand, and you've done a tremendous job building that up. Um, and uh, a lot of that has come from your success through YouTube and Instagram. Um, where did some of the YouTube stuff start? I know that you said you were, you know, fascinated by, uh, fitness. Like where did that kind of twinkle in your eye start for fitness? Um, you know, how did your own lifting journey even get started? So growing up, I guess I was really skinny, really, really tiny. And, uh, for me, I was, you probably would never guess cause I am, I'm a YouTuber right? and I'm in front of the camera, but I was really quiet. I mean, I didn't talk to anybody. If someone talked to me, I would, I, I would Pray I wouldn't get called on in class. Um, I just wasn't social, very to myself. I just wanted to go home and play computer, you know, a computer game and maybe play some guitar. And I just hated speaking, you know. And so for me, once I got into fitness and I, I got into it because a, a buddy of mine that I had known I played guitar with, he had started like a training camp. He went Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it was a strength and agility camp. And he had already been doing it for a year and a half or two. And, you know, he had a really good six pack and his arms were probably now that I think about it, probably like 12 and a half, 13 inches. But to me, like he looked, he was buff, you know, massive. And I was like, man, like, I want to look, I want to, I want to look like that. And, you know, he had, you know, girls that like, you know, text them and stuff. And I was like, man, I, I want that. So I signed up for that class and I got hooked Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three o'clock, never missed a session. I was obsessed with it. And, uh, I think just seeing my body, seeing my body change, I went from 115 to probably say 130, 145, just by eating more and working out three times a week. And uh, I was gaining confidence. I was talking a little bit more. And for me, that was really, 
that was the ch- turning point in my life, really, to be honest. It really, uh, it's really a fascinating thing that you, that you have the ability to change your body like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the that thing that first gets a year or two is like, that's when, you know, such a yeah. huge change happens. Well, I think that, that, that sometimes some of these things get a little bit lost in the shuffle. Like, um, obviously we can exercise and we can diet, we can lose weight. Um, but man, can we make some other amazing changes? You just said you started talking more. You just started to have more confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was able to talk to women for the first time because I, because I, I got that gym, you know, the gym gave me confidence. My body was building up and I, you know, I felt like I was Mr. Macho over here. And, you know, I thought I was huge in my tank tops back then. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, those like, kind of, of course stu- these chicks are going to dig this. Yeah, these packs <laughs> and this tank they, top. they can't ignore these biceps, man. You That's know? right. And, and so, and it kind of goes back to just motivation. And I think that a lot of times, you know, I, I always refer to a, you know, a, a teenage boy having a Lamborghini on his wall, or like a, like a poster, what you learn eventually as you get older is that those things aren't actually motivation. But if those things will get you started, if you're thinking the girls are going to be attracted, you get you started to lifting. If thinking, you know, a Lamborghini, if, if you, if I buy that Lamborghini, I'm going to be so successful. If, if that drives you to put in work and get going, who cares? I don't care what gets you started because eventually if you catch on properly, you're going to learn the discipline and just really enjoying what you do. And that process is what's enjoyable. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you end up with those things, you know, when you have these things that are around that, uh, are kind of subliminal that you're always, for whatever reason, like your mind always kind of gravitates for them towards them. You, you have some, uh, nice cars. Do you have a Lamborghini? Uh, I don't right now. No, I actually, I've sold everything. I've, I've kind of went through a little phase, you know, I was mm-hmm. 21, 22, 23, where I, I needed all of it. You know, I wanted to test it out and, and I had a lot of fun. Don't regret it at all. But, uh, I think now I'm just really focused on the enjoyment of the business is I want to be in the office. You know, I want to be with my employees and build a team up and put my efforts there. What do you think uh, gets you the most fired up and excited about building a business like that? I, I think it's just, man, for me, I, I really just enjoy progress. And I think it, it's not the numbers on the, it's numbers are literally just numbers on an account on a screen. It, it's like, I, I really just enjoy seeing the growth. I love when I'm in the gym at some random gym out of town and I see the, my athlete everywhere. And I'm like, Holy shit, this is crazy, man. And when, when we're at expos and stuff, obviously that's a big population. But even today, one of your employees said, Hey, my sister had some pants. She had never heard of you. And like, she loves those leggings. I'm like, hell yeah. That means we're making it. That's where all the yeah. pro- hours are spending making products and, and marketing. We're doing all this stuff and getting new athletes. Like it's working. And to me, I, I just want to see everything grow. I want to, I want to see 3d in my local grocery store. I want it to happen so bad, you know? So it's just exciting. It fires me up. Just keep walking by it. Yeah. <laughs> Back yeah. And forth. You're like, shit, there it is. Still sitting there. You know, I'm pretty sure my dad actually went to the, it's called HEB. It's a convenience store. He goes, Hey, uh, do you guys have any 3d? Just can I speak to your manager? You really need that drink. It's, it's, it's awesome. You know, just trying to put in a good word. Um, but yeah. Are your parents uh, super supportive? Yeah, they are. Um, I don't know if we touched on it, but I actually dropped out of college at, mm. at 19. Uh, so back then, you know, things were a little bit different. The support wasn't always like, oh yeah, let's support whatever you're doing is drop everything and drop your career and go make fit, you know, videos flexing. Like, well, on this whole entrepreneur thing and this whole YouTube thing is, is fairly new too. Yeah. So your parents would be like, uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, exactly. And so my dad had always been, you know, I, I was already really pursuing, you know, different streams of revenue when I was ready to kind of drop out and keep going mm-hmm. full time. But even then my mom was really, really not wanting it to happen. 
none of my friends were She's like this is not a good idea yeah they're please don't do it like you know crying on the phone my friends were like yeah it's kind of you can stay in school and keep doing it part-time like you are but i feel like at the time 20 you know 2012 2013 there was just that window where i was ready to go full-time why do you think your parents were so uh into you you know going to college and getting a degree i think just not many people in my family have ever graduated and oh, okay. you know to to get the degree and get a stable job mm. quote because i quote that stable job because i really don't think there's anything <laughs> stable in this world yeah like that but you know that was the that was the path you know and it's okay it's fine but you know i was in school for health and fitness management <laughs> which would eventually allow me to be a pe teacher but i wanted to, i wanted to build a gym i wanted to i told you i went monday wednesday friday this training camp uh, this guy, Mike Pindle, he ran the company and he would have 25 kids in there uh, at one time. We had our strength section, the you know accessories, and then the agility stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just a rotation. So fun being in that class. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to have a gym. I want to be a trainer like and train kids and groups and stuff. And uh, I feel like I was already doing what I wanted to get my major in. You mm-hmm. know, I was like, you can't teach me this in a textbook. I, I'm just going to go. I already have clients. Let's go do it. Right. You know, so. No, that makes that uh you know, that, that, that makes a lot of sense where you're, you're finding your way, you know, in, uh, in fitness, you know, kind of, kind of on your own. Um, I do think a lot of parents are really tied to this idea of college and it it kind of baffles my mind, uh, nowadays that people are still so attached to that, like, yeah, you're going to do this and then you're going to go to college. And it's like the, 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 that progression is fine and it, it has worked for many people, but it also, it doesn't really make sense to just assume that it's going to be a natural progression. My son, you know, he talks about college and he'll ask questions about it and I'll, and I'll just tell him flat out, I'm like, you, you don't need to go to college, you know, <laughs> you don't have to go to college. I mean, you can, if you want to go to college, I'm in, you know, that's great. I'll support that. But if you don't want to go, uh, that's totally fine too. Each yeah. person's got their own path. Yeah. 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 Uh, I feel like you're pretty rare though in that, in that parenting fact, I feel like that's not a normal case and, I, I, I get asked all the time by people, hey, my parents don't support this. Like, they're making me do this. And my, my answer to that is always, you're going to have to balance both. And mm-hmm. if you're in school chasing your say, whatever degree, right, and if that's going to make your parents happy and they're the ones supplying that, unless you can supply yourself and you can whatever you want to do, unless you're actually already doing it and working on it while you're balancing school. For me, I was in school for a year, really two years until I could have full confidence. I was like, hey. Like, I got this. Like, let me just, like, I was already making enough money to run with it. And I was still in school. Had a great GPA. I was bouncing both. I was sleeping less. I might have been not paying attention in class. I was doing emails in the back. But, you know, I I made it happen. So I feel like that time has to happen. You have to prove yourself before you can just drop everything. And I'm going to drop everything and I want to start this. No, you you can drop something once you've already started. It's already succeeding and it's already shown you that it it has potential. That's a great message. I share that with people often, too, is, is, uh, you can be going after something while you're doing something else too. You, I think that's the only way to start. Yeah. Because if you just drop everything and start, no. in what world does that make sense? I think some people will listen to some messages that you and I have and they might think, oh, I need to quit my job or I need to quit school. Nope. And it's like, well, no, 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 don't, <laughs> don't do that. Keep your job. But maybe you start working on the weekend for yourself. Yep. Maybe start working on a business plan or an idea or Wake concept. up two hours earlier, spend an hour and a half in the morning, get ready for work. <laughs> 
and spend two hours at night. You know, you may have to sacrifice a little bit more of your free time. Maybe yeah. you don't watch your Netflix shows at night, but if you're working towards that, I mean, nowadays you can do really anything online. There's endless, yeah. there's so much potential. So just make time for it or else you're going to be stuck at the job forever. When you were um, going through this uh, transition, how were you making money? Uh, my first thing was online coaching. And I got, I was literally answering free, I, you know, I put my email out for everybody. And so people would email with questions and I would answer everybody, you know, and it was, I was doing hours of just free email advice per day. And my dad, he actually, he was like, why don't you charge for that, son? And I was like, hmm, okay. So I ordered, you know, the Stripe thing, you plug in your phone and yeah. you can get credit cards. And so I ordered one of those things and, um, Whenever if someone wanted a custom thing, a workout plan, or they wanted some macro helper, at the time I was doing meal plans, and I would actually give them my contact. They'd call me, run their credit card, be sure it's all good. I'd get all their stats, all their data. I would send a questionnaire. They'd be on the phone with me. They'd tell me about themselves, and I'd make them a plan. I'd send it, 50 bucks, 50 bucks, 50 bucks. And then I started doing 90-day transformations. Those were a few hundred, 219 bucks, I think it was, for 90 days. I had my mm. phone number, 24-7 response time. And I really just push that coaching business a lot. Do you have some, uh, like kind of, uh, OG customers from way back then that are, I remember those names and I remember the <laughs> names, uh, for the first few years and it was great. I mean, I was making a lot of money. It was literally no overhead other than my time. And I think, I mean, it's an ideal way to start. Right. People that are listening right now are probably like, man, I want them to help me now, but you, you probably don't have time for that anymore. Yeah, so now everything's essentially downloadables. I have a right. few one-on-one clients, but you can't just go and buy it. Now there's a whole application right. process. Mm -hmm. I only take on people that have counted macros. They understand what they've been following that just need tweaking every week. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I can't help the, I can't answer, sit on my yeah. computer and do that all day. But you do share a lot of free information. I give everything for free. <laughs> like I really strongly believe that if you give if you output everything you can to help people, I think it comes back. I mean, people can go on your YouTube channel and they can follow. I mean, you have vlog after vlog of your food. I, and, and Yeah, and I also, I mean, I have dedicated videos to exactly how to set your macros, exactly when to make changes. Exact, I mean, there's everything. You just have to look. <laughs> right. And just looking seems like it, people make it sound like it's so hard, but just Google something, you know. Yeah. You Google things if you have a question or type it in on YouTube. Yeah, that's a, YouTube is is an amazing uh, resource. Um, when it comes to uh, finding your macros, how does some like where does somebody start? There's a so really I break it down, and the first question is what are what's your goal? What what kind of body fat range are you? Are you fairly lean? Are you maybe over twenty percent? Are you over thirty percent? Obviously, people that are that have more body fat need less, but they don't need a gram per pound of body weight. They may be having points sit, you know, not to get too technical, less protein. And then I typically have people multiply their, you know, there's a formula and all this stuff to get your fat. It's mm -hmm. all literally just typing Christian Guzman, how to count your macros. And I break everything down super simple and it gives you a starting point. And starting points don't always work out. So sometimes, you know, and I say in that video, if you weigh yourself, you know, three times a week, you're not losing weight over one, two weeks, you're going to make this change. You're going to subtract a little bit of those carbs subtract a little bit of fat the next week if you have to then go back to the carbs keep your protein the same and it's very like step by step mm. you just have to be willing to try it out you know it, it, when when somebody's you know selecting their macros and in a, in a the body fat percentage thing makes a lot of sense um and even if it's still like just some guesswork it's totally fine but you can almost assume that if somebody is heavier they probably are uh 
moving a little bit less. Yep. That, that's probably kind of how they got in that position in the first place. And so that makes sense that they would potentially need less, you know, caloric intake. The hard part is, is to figure out ways of, uh, controlling, um, hunger and, uh, Hunger and cravings, you know, you have any, uh, tips for people on how, how to kind of water and a lot of uh, number, if I were to break stupid, simple water, volume is food, veggies, AKA, and number three would be the volume water. And I'd really just say, um, if you're having cravings, have some fruit for me, some watermelon or some, you know, some, maybe some pine, some strawberries, strawberries are super low calorie for the volume mm-hmm. that you get. Oh man. Like a box of strawberries will make me just not want any more sugar, you know, and it, it's little changes like that. Instead of going to a bag of sour candy with, you know, 150 grams of carbs for a bag of Skittles, you're, you're having 50 grams or 40 grams of carbs from a big box of strawberries. You know, I, something that I've learned kind of recently, and, and a lot of this happened through my bodybuilding show, but, um, it's kind of this idea of like, if you don't have good practices and you don't stay on top of good practices, bad ones will seep in. Mm-hmm. And so if you can kind of think about, let's say you're 300 pounds and you're like, man, I've tried everything. I just can't figure out how to make things work. Some of these change, some of these small changes that you're recommending are huge. These are the really good first step. Don't drink your calories. Don't my, drink my dad calories. lost 30 pounds. Yeah. He was, it, it's crazy to think cause I'm, we're in the <laughs> That happens world, with a lot of men. Especially. He was having about 12 to 14 root beers a day. Normal and how, how many? What's that? Five hundred grams of carbs, <laughs> yeah. and at dinner it'd be three, four. You know, during mid, it'd be all day, and just by cutting that out, you know, and he, I think he limited it to like maybe two a day, and then now he just drinks water, no calories from liquid. Uh, switch your carbs. Just be sure you're having whole, you know, something with whole wheat with fiber, uh, with micronutrients that slow slow digesting. Just that's going to fill you up more. It's going to provide more for your body. Um, just increasing your protein, honestly, protein is very satiated. It, it makes you not as hungry uh, as opposed to like, straight carbs, you know? Right. So increase protein, bring down your fat, bring down your carbs a bit. Be sure you're having whole grain. Be sure you're drinking more water. You should, I mean, I drink over a gallon of water a day and it, it just keeps you feeling good. Pay attention, pay attention to triggers. You know, what's something that where you like, you reached in the fridge, you had something that was kind of borderline on your diet. And then the next thing you know, you're. You know, I have one more knee deep, that, that knee we deep in the ice cream. Uh, the last one I would say is don't eat just because you think you should be eating. So if you wake up, I wake up, I'm not hungry, man. And even if you are, maybe just have a, have a protein shake, then keep going. Like try, I think fasting is a whole nother topic, which is really, really great. But if don't just eat a big breakfast because you think it's the most important meal of the day, if you can push maybe have a lunch or have a big dinner find out what your body needs some people may want a big breakfast and then maybe they don't get hungry till dinner maybe they like to snack all day and have a big dinner it's okay to have different eating meal frequency to me is a lot lower on the priority list as opposed to overall caloric intake and and the quality of your of your calories i think it's uh really important for people to schedule their food you know so like he's saying don't just eat cuz you're like oh you know i have to eat now it is good to get on the plan. It's good to get a routine going. And so I, I always say that I, I do believe that most people have a general idea of where they are each day. I know there's the person out there who's like, I don't know, you know, my, I got a crazy schedule. I understand. But even with your crazy schedule, you still know when you bring your kids to school, you still know, you know, when you, uh, get home from work normally, right. You know, some of these things. So write out a schedule of when approximately you're going to eat. And just like you said, 
if you're not hungry, maybe you don't have to eat. Now, if you're trying to gain some size, then it's opposite. Then, then yeah, yeah, then you then your normal impulse, uh, you might have to change. But you know, just there's simple things that you can do to kind of replace the bad habits with good ones. There's there's yogurt, there's cottage cheese, there's there's a lot of options, and you can pick out foods that you like. It doesn't yeah. have to be something I say or recommend. Uh, but when you're counting calories and when you're trying to figure out ways of, of reducing the amount of food that you're eating and the amount of overall calories that you're having, it's, you're going to have to really pay attention to the things that you're eating, pay attention to the things that, that set you off. You know, did you have that slice of cake, you know, at someone's birthday and it, and it threw you into a tailspin mm-hmm. because there's nothing we can all agree we can say, yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a piece of cake, you know, have two or three. It's fine. Unless, you, unless it <laughs> triggers you and. To, to me, it's, it's a little bit hard for me to re- relate right now, but just like the trigger, I mean, post-show, oh, that's exactly, you know, once you do a comment, you'd really deplete yourself for a long time. Yeah, if you have something, you just need to have more of it, you know? And it, right now, I'm obviously like in total opposites, on the opposite side of the spectrum. So, it, it, yeah, exactly. It's just, you have to, you just have to really learn triggers and you have to learn how can, how can I do better to prevent them? No one's going to eliminate them completely. No one's perfect. And... If you do mess up, just get right back on, on track. And just take your time getting used to the food. Like you might do a diet for a few weeks and you might not actually really lose weight, but you may have made better decisions. You may have started to eat better food and maybe you're overeating on a couple foods that aren't, they don't really truly fit in. I know, um, you know, I've been on diets before where I'm like, I'll have like popcorn because popcorn doesn't have a lot of, you know, doesn't have a lot of calories in it, but you know, you can still make a mistake with some of these foods that you think are safe and you can still overdo it and they can still trigger you, you know, to go in the wrong direction, but just take your time. Like just get used to the food. Um, be, be excited that you made better choices for a while and, and the weight loss will come. Yeah. I do think, you know, kind of like you were saying, if for example, a keto diet, and if you give someone a basic rule, don't have carbs, you can have as much peanut butter and nuts and you can just have a lot of oils. And guess what? If you're eating like literally boxes of nuts a day, cause you think they're okay. And just a ton of fat and butters and things like that. Yeah. Maybe you're not having carbs. If you're having thousands of calories per day with in fat. And so it's really just, you have to eventually find the way and you realize that just cause something is good. A, a good food versus a bad food, it, you still can't have unlimited amounts of it. Right. No, I mean, you can overdo it. And there's been times where I've been on a keto style diet where I've like gained weight, you know, cause I've just, like you said, I'm just eating, eating too much. Um, it's, you know, also too, I think it's a good idea to kind of think about like, what are some things that are kind of natural? You know, what, what are some things that naturally occur? Why is it a bad idea to, to drink a lot of calories? You know, and, and one reason is that, uh, when you take something like a fruit, take like an orange or a pineapple or some of these things, um, let's take an apple, for example, an apple has, uh, it has uh, kind of cofactors that help you deal with the sugar that's in it. Mm-hmm. It's like perfectly designed for you to consume. It has fiber in it. It's got vitamins, it has minerals in it, it has nutrients in it. And it has things that will allow it to digest in a certain way. It'll take longer to digest an apple as opposed to, uh, what apple juice could do to you an apple juice could be five apples, 10 apples, yeah. you know, blend it up and it loses some of the fiber components to it. And it's primarily, you know, all sugar. Now, you know, when it comes to sugar, what do you think of the problems with sugar? So 
if you're an active for me again I'm, I'm on this opposite side of the spectrum if i'm a very active and i'm sweating a ton i mean i am working out six days a week i'm super active so for me i i'm not one to really count a ton of my sugar but it's also because i'm conscious of of my foods i've been doing this for a long time i'm not you know having just pop tarts for breakfast every morning and then just you know having 500 grams of sugar a day but at the same time I'm not too, too worried about it. Almost like with sodium, I'm not too worried about my, my sugar, my sodium, because I know what I, I know what I'm intaking. And I think for a lot of people that are not active, sugar is, the thing is, you have natural, you have fruit and you have veggies mm-hmm. and things, but then you have your processed stuff. And so I think really just cleaning everything up and yeah, get active is number one. You just get active. And that's like, that should be step one. I think That's a good start. And, and the sugar, you know, that the part of the thing with the sugar, in my opinion, is just the it can lead to cravings and it can lead to just a lot of excess calories. And that's I think that's what gets lost sometimes is like, look, we're still talking about the same thing. We're still yeah. talking about you're you're over consuming. I'm not a huge proponent of meticulously counting calories and I got my kind of reasons for it. But the the main thing is if it if works for you and it's effective for you, then forget what I just said and don't worry about it. Continue to write things down. One of the reasons why I'm not a huge fan of, of uh, counting calories is I think that to the general public, to the general population, it's just hard to get them to, it's hard to get them to follow things that aren't black and white. So if you have time, to explain macros to them and you got times to follow through with a message like you have on your YouTube channel, then that's great. And a lot of people can absorb that. Once you, the thing about that, once you count macros for say three, four weeks, get the hang of it. I don't have to count macros. the, The only time I'll count is maybe on the last few weeks of a competition prep where I really have to fine tune, but I can get shredded as hell without counting anything. But it's because I've done it before and I understand. Yeah. I can look at and a plate of food. that's what I agree with. You, you look at a plate of food, you know, all right, that's about 30, 40 grams of protein, maybe 50 carbs and about 20 grams. You, you, but you have to, I, I'm a believer where you have to, you have to actually do it and track it to be able to understand. So if you just spend, dedicate three weeks, four weeks to tracking for a few, for five days a week, right? And once you get the hang of it, then you can understand so much better and you don't have to do it forever. I don't track my macros every day. I don't track my macros every day if I'm dieting. I track it in the final stages where it's, and, and that's not the general pot, like the public. I mean, when you're that lean and tweaking just to get that last right. little bit of oblique, I mean, that's a very small percent of people. So I just think it's important to understand. We just have to dumb it down to be on right. base, the, the base, stupid, simple, and find a way to get that message across, which I, I was just saying today, I don't think anyone has really hit the general population with a, a, a way that's simple all you hear on you hear juice cleanse, you're keto, and you hear all these magical things on on the on the radio stations and the what is it freezing your fat and uh, all this stuff and it's just someone just needs to get the message out in a way for people to understand the general public to understand. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of this idea of like if you do what you've always done, you'll be what you've always been, yeah. right? And so when you think about it in those terms, like that's pretty simple to consume. That's pretty easy to understand. Like I was eating this and I didn't look the way that I wanted. So now maybe I should like pay more attention. Maybe I should write things down. Maybe I should look up some YouTube videos. Maybe I should read a book or however you want to consume the information, but educate yourself on it, learn about it. And that's why you end up hearing a lot of people saying, uh, you know, a lot of diets are effective. A lot of them do work. Um, what's sustainable, what's something that you can do for myself. I've always loved a low carb diet. A lot of people don't love it. 
And then I, I can't do it. Yeah. And well, yeah. so then why, why would you even bother? Yeah. Why put yourself through all the stress of like, you know, that's not what you enjoy. You know, that's not what you like. And maybe it just doesn't even go along with like general lifestyle or like, who knows the different reasons why, but, uh, I like fasting and keto and fasting to me, they feel like they go together pretty naturally. It's like they go together pretty good. And so that's, that's what I do. And I feel good. And I think the problem is sometimes I feel so good. Maybe when I share the message, people just think that I'm all in on that. And I don't respect, uh, other forms of dieting, but I, I've been trying to say all along, a lot of these other methods are really effective. Yeah. I just, I just show people that know that you can do keto and you can get shredded. So you can, you can get fit. You can have, like, I don't, I don't ever drop my carbs under 260, 270. And I get shred. I get to a, a, a single digit body fat. You know, there's you don't have to cut anything specifically out. You just have to find out how to make that work and how to make that fit and what approach is going to work for you. I've never talked this much about fitness stuff. I'm usually just all busy. You know, it's it's, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like asking you about this kind of stuff because this is where everything came from. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and that's the same. My story is the same. Everything came from everything came from lifting. You know, you know a ton about, uh, nutrition, you know, a ton about training. You know, I'm going to take a sip of this full sugar Gatorade. I'm <laughs> killing Mark's soul right here. Yeah. Dude, you're going to die. <laughs> what you got over there, Andrew? Look looks like you're brewing some questions up yeah, over there. Yeah, no, I was just reading like some comments on like your channel and then of course our channel, but just one very simple, basic one is, um, I'll just roll it into this. Like, have you ever messed with the keto diet when it comes to trying to actually build like body mass? No. The simple answer is no, I mm -hmm. haven't. And no real reason other than I really like carbs. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love, like, pasta is my favorite food. If I would have one food forever, it'd be pasta. I love rice. Um, jasmine, I like the, text I like the texture of pasta. Yeah, I really do. Like, I, can eat a, I can eat a box in the city. Yeah. Uh, it's what, 1,600 calories and it's seven servings. Right. Um, no problem. Just, I, I just love carbs. And so, yeah, you know, <clears throat> I'm addicted. So here's kind of the, the missing component of that sometimes is that, and I know for like right now, you're not like real crazy specific with your diet, but when he's having the carbohydrates, he's not pouring a ton of like butter on it and a ton of cheese and a ton mm -hmm. of other stuff. Correct. I mean, right now, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Now, but, but I'm no, saying like under normal to, circumstances, to, to, no, under normal, if I'm actually dieting, actually it's crazy, but I actually don't like to have pasta because I eat too much of it. So ah, I, that's when I, ch I change, I really do change my carb sources. That's... Instead I'm having oatmeal, I'm having potatoes, things that fill me up a lot more. But when I'm gaining, I kind of switch to the white rice. I switch to pasta to where I can just eat a ton of it and put those, and put the weight on. That's so huge that you just said that because that's, that's what most people are facing is they, uh, have to switch. Yeah. Try to eat a cup yeah. and a half of oatmeal. Yeah. See how you feel. Yeah. And that's only 450 calories versus, you know, three servings of pasta with butter and oil. Like you're over a thousand and that's not going to fill you up like a, a cup and a half of oatmeal would. That's hard to eat. Um, a cup and a half of do you think the gluten thing is kind of overblown or? or yeah, yep. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big, I, I believe that as well. Now, if you're, if you're sensitive to these things and you've had problems and then again, go off the basis of your experiences yeah. and don't listen to us on this, but, uh, I don't, I don't, th I think there's a lot of people that are, like, I don't notice any uh, repercussions of having any sort of, I think that a lot of people want to find something to blame in the sort of sense mm -hmm. where, Oh, I, I I'm not losing. Let me, I, it must be that gluten. It, it has to be It's that. inflammation. Exactly. <laughs> it's, I think a lot of people just need to under, to really just, if you dedicate an hour, a day for a month to learn fitness, to learn nutrition and just base, you know, base knowledge. It's, you don't even need that much time, but that'll change your life forever. And I just, 
yeah, I, I don't, I'm not a huge gluten kind of guy. Yeah. Well, the reason why I brought it up, because it just seems like everybody, like they'll stumble upon the, the like a ketogenic diet when they really sh- are just doing like a keto-ish diet, mm-hmm. but they're kind of looking for a cheat code, right? Because they, they don't want to lose mass, but they want to drop fat, but they, you know, they don't really know how to do it. So they're like, oh, the ketogenic diet, I think Mark does it. So he, he's a big guy. I think it's possible, right? So like... There, there is no real way to gain size and drop weight, right? Like, Unless you're a beginner, in my opinion. Uh-huh. If you're at first year training, maybe like a little bit in a second year training, and you've never, you know, you've never hit a higher amount of protein, I, I do think it's possible. A lot of the noob gains, right? It's, mm-hmm. It is possible to dr- strip body fat and actually gain muscle, and your whole physique changes. But again, if Mark or I were to try that right now, that's not going to happen. That's really just for beginners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's for beginners. And then, you know, when you when you embrace uh, some of the rules of, of bodybuilding and you embrace uh, a bodybuilding style diet, which kind of ends up, you know, if it fits your macros and flexible dieting, sometimes for people that use that for bodybuilding, they end up doing kind of more of a standard bodybuilding diet, which is a low fat, higher carbohydrate diet. Now, in my opinion, that is the best way to get as tight and as lean as possible. And, and the whole key performance as well, I think. Yeah. Well, the per, see, the performance side of it is huge. The way that you perform in the gym is huge. And it, that part of it is undersold. And if you're on a ketogenic diet, your, your performance in the gym, most of the time for most people is going to, is going to drop. You know, I've noticed something a little bit different with what I'm doing now. Cause I'm not really keto. I, I, pro, I haven't even checked to see if I'm you know, producing X amount of ketones or whatever. But, um, what I do now is, you know, I'm, I'm eating more meat and I occasionally will throw in some carbs here and there and I feel awesome and that my performance is good. However, if there was more carbs in the picture, I would probably perform better. If I wanted to keep my body fat low, I would bring the carbs up higher and I would actually bring the fat down lower. It's just, I don't choose to eat that way all the time. In my, in, in, even with my clients, I was training a bunch. I, the way I like to train carbs is going to help performance directly. And for me, if I can keep, I want to keep my carbs as high as possible. While I'm dieting down. I want to keep my strength as high as possible. And essentially you need to train heavy when you're trying to lose weight to give your, give your muscle a reason to stay, cause it to stay, cause like push your body to stay as strong as it can while losing body fat. And if you don't do that, if you just switch to, I'm going to do 30 reps in exercise, I'm going to, I'm just going to cut my carbs. Guess what? You're going to, I actually have tried actually very low carb. Like my first few years, flat is hell. <laughs> you're not going to be able to get a pump. You're going to feel just weak. And I just remember feeling so weak and flat and carbs, sodium, it all has an effect on your pump, on your performance, on, 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 on how you feel. And so I really highly, at least from my experience, recommend keeping your carbs as high as you can while losing weight. And you'll be shocked. You might think 200 carbs on that so much, but I can, uh, 92% of my clients will lose weight between 180 to 200. Everyone's so scared carbs. that they're carb tolerant. They're like, they you may this... have to do a few sessions of cardio a right. week, but yeah, you, people are not as sensitive to things as you, as you assume. It's just, you never actually track to understand how much you're actually intaking. Well, they, they take in the carbs with the fat, yep. you know, and they just, they're not, I mean, how quickly can you get, uh, you know, your fat calories in? Oh, so easy. A steak that's got butter on it, you're done. Three eggs for breakfast with some butter and then maybe have a a oatmeal peanut butter. Boom, you're at 35, 40 grams right there. It's so, (laughs) it's so quick. Yeah, yeah, it's so fast. So just, you just have to, and it goes back to, like I said, you have to learn 
what is in certain foods. I, I, that's why I, I really think you need to track or you need to mm-hmm. at least watch some videos. And on every meal, I, like when I'm dieting, I'll literally say, show my meal. This is the macros on the screen. And it kind of puts it in people's head. Okay, that's higher protein. It's egg whites. There's It's pretty low fat. Oh, there's only a little bit of peanut butter on there. It, it's, yeah, so. And even if you have like, a, let's say, let's say for breakfast, you had, uh, you know, a couple eggs, couple a couple of egg whites in there too to kind of balance it out. Uh, and then at lunch you have like a salad, you know, chicken salad, but it's got ranch dressing or, uh, now, and now, you know, you just, you just consumed like 45 grams of fat and you had no idea. Yep. You just didn't even, it just something that you wouldn't think of. You're like, I'm having a salad. Like salads are great and they can be great, but not like that. (laughs) That free Italian dressing is my favorite. There you go. Yeah. You got to You got to make it, make a decision on, yeah. Which we got to make a decision on what lane you're going to go in is, is basically what we're trying to say. If you're going to go kind of on that lower, uh, carb, uh, venture, then you got to pay attention to the carbs. And if you're going to go, uh, in the direction of, um, you know, uh, having higher amounts of carbohydrates and you're going to have to cut back on the fat. Yeah. I think my only quote, I don't have a, I feel like I've been sounding like I have a problem with, with low carb and I don't, I don't have a problem with keto. I think the only problem I have is that for the average person, if, if, if they're at a birthday party and there's a, if, if they're on keto and they see a stack of cookies there, or if they see uh, you know, a bag of chips and they just want to have a little, if they want to have a little bit, cause they haven't had carbs in so long, they just crave, they can't control. I, I think by mentally saying, okay, you're cutting your carbs. It's going to, it makes you want some carbs, right? And it, but then again, it makes you feel so bad when you do, and it makes you feel like you messed up and you, and you're, then you spiral downwards. And so I think the reason I'm such a carb advocate is because I think that it's sustainable. And I think that if you learn how to diet with carbs, you can have a, you can throw in a cookie at, at a birthday party, especially if you're not being that, if you're maybe not doing a show or anything like that, you can learn how to fit things in and not have to give up your social life. If you want to have a, a glass of wine or two, you can, you learn about there's seven calories and a gram of alcohol. You can figure out, okay, one shot of tequila is roughly going to be a hundred grams of calories. That's how I'll track. And you just, you have to learn it first. And then it's just easy to kind of understand and have mm-hmm. a better picture. I went to eat with Jay Cutler and, uh, you know, he ate, he ate fairly clean. He got like salmon. Um, he ordered, I think salmon and rice. And he just said, you know, no butter, no oil. Um, and they were like, Oh, what? And he, he just said, Oh yeah. You know, I, I eat a particular way. And he explained it to them and they were like, okay, sir, sounds great. And, uh, but then, um, the bread came out and, uh, the, and then he ordered a soda, he ordered a Coke, you know, and he had, he had a piece, he had a piece of bread. I mean, he's retired, you know, first yeah. of all, he's retired, but I think that's a good example of he, he, he made a decision on one end mm-hmm. and said, I don't want the extra calories this way. I don't I'm need a little bit of this. Yeah, yeah. I don't need these extra calories over here, but I want these extra calories over here. And so he made a decision. That's, that is all that we're trying to preach right exactly. now. I see, see, I would just lose so much weight if I did that. <laughs> I, 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 it's really for skinny guys. Like I, yeah. it's, for, I think for really skinny guys with fast metabolisms that you, you have to if you're not gaining weight eating normal, what's going to make you think you can gain weight eating super, super clean and saying no to, you know, olive oil and stuff like right. a lot of times you need that. You're going to need that amount of food to gain. Right. Well, and there's so many people that, uh, there's so many people that are kind of stuck in this way of they, uh, they want to be bigger, but they don't want to gain fat. You are going to have to. You're so going to have to gain a little bit of fat. Now, of course you can control, you can, you have these dirty bulks where mm-hmm. people cheat everything in sight, but then if you actually do the lean bulk, you know, you're, you're still not going to look like you did on a show day. 
but you're going to feel good. You're going to maybe have a few hundred calories over your maintenance level, which you, to find your maintenance level, you just kind of have to, you have to experiment. You have to figure it out, whatever that level is, and maybe bump it up 250 calories. Face might get a little chubbier and some stuff like that, but you'll just have to deal with it for a little bit, exactly. right? You're, you're never going to be as shredded. You'll never be as lean as you are as if you were, you know, depleting yourself for 12 weeks. You're not going to look like that if you're in a lean bulk. But yeah, you can keep your abs. You can keep, you know, definition and everything and look great. How'd you feel about today's uh, bench press? You hit a 360-pound bench today, and it was pretty damn clean, I might add. Yeah, thank you. I, I felt really good. felt strong. Um, I love, yeah, a lot of adrenaline. Great. I think it was the uh, ammonia. <laughs> that, that's what oh, yeah. Was. Yeah, he did it the uh, <laughs> yeah. first time. Snorted. Yeah, he did ammonia. pretty good. He handled it for, uh, Well, it only well. went up one nostril, so, ooh, yeah. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, straight to the dome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. that stuff, will, that stuff <laughs> really wakes you up. It's like, holy shit, man. But, you know, it's it's... It's just part of the culture, you know, it's part of like kind of what we do here at Super Training. We like to crank up the music. We like to get that intensity and, um, it helps so much. Yeah. When, when you're training, do you have headphones on, you listen to music? Like what do you, how do you get motivated? It really depends on like right now I'm, I'm really, I, I have Alberto Nunez doing my, my own workout program and it's, it's a lot more, uh, you know, I have one set where I'm going RP nine, but a, a lot of the times I'm, I'm doing so much volume and so many sets and, you know, more accessory movements to bring up my weak points. And, you know, I, I think that at times where I'm going for a PR, you know, the environment's so important, but normally when I'm working out at home right now, cause my goal is strictly to gain as much as I can on my weak points, my lats, my delts, my legs, you know, a lot of it is I have to get in the zone and just be able to not just give it a hundred percent on one set and then kind of burn myself out. I have to space out my, my energy. Mm for the whole hour I'm in the gym and for, to try to get the most out of every set I can. Why do you have a coach? So I just, you know, you know a lot. I mean, we've been talking talking for a long time already about nutrition. I still do. I still do my macros on my own. I did have some help from Jeff Nippard and Alberto last year on my peak week, uh, about two weeks out from my show, but my training program, I own a gym and I go into there, I get distracted and it's hard to, it's hard to, you really focus and, you know, say hi to everyone who's visiting from out of town and, and follow, you know, I, I get in my habit. I'll do the workouts. I know I do the reps. I do the weights. I know and it's easy for me to get lost. And so I wanted to go ahead and give Alberto the reins. I really, he's probably the smartest guy I know. And I said, Hey, I, I want you to look at my physique. Whatever. What, tell me what you think my weak points are. He asked me what my, what I thought they were. I didn't even want to tell him. I said, what do you think? My, I sent him a video. So he told me lats, lateral delts, he didn't even say legs, which I was shy, but I was like, okay. So he, he, I asked him, I want you to give me a program. I'm hitting lats four times a week right now. I'm doing a ton of shoulder work more than I've ever done, hmm. but yeah, it's, but it's so different. And I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think that it would benefit me right. over the next few months. No, it's great. It's great to, to kind of put it in somebody else's hands. And a lot of times when I'm, you know, training for a contest or doing something, I'll just, you know, I'll just text somebody and say, Hey, pick something for me today, you know, just yep. let me know. And I've had other people, I've had guys like Matt winning and a few others, uh, help me with programming. And, um, yeah, obviously like, I know a lot about powerlifting, yep. but it's nice to just kind of say, Hey, like, you know, what do you think I should do yep. when it comes to, uh, you know, getting this, uh, massive following that, that you got over the years, you know, what do you think are some key components to, to that? Um, you know, through YouTube and how many, I mean, how many followers you got on YouTube? I think I'm, Right under 900K on YouTube. Damn. Yeah, you're starting to approach that milli. Trying. Yeah, trying. But it, it's very consistent. There's not really many spikes or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that really goes down to... Slow crawl. Slow crawl. <laughs> and I've been slow crawling for years, you know. But yep. at the end, I just really enjoy it. And I think that if I were to give any key tips, it would just be to 
people can tell, <clears throat> people can tell viewers can tell if you're just trying to make a buck or if you're just trying to 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 make a living off of what you're doing and i think it's just important to just remember why you're making videos and remember to remember your message be yourself don't try to turn a personality on that you that isn't actually you uh, that'll be exhausting don't don't try to just you know talk about relevant drama going just do you man be in your own lane um and i think just by doing that and trying to get better every single year um and just having expectations for yourself and making it a challenge to get better every year. I think that's one of, that's something I think a lot of people kind of lack. How old were you when you first started the channel? Uh, 19. Damn. Um, have you had any, uh, failures in business? Yeah. Uh, actually the first time I opened up a gym, I got a ton of equipment. I got a, it was a 1500 square foot spot and 600 of that was office. So I had my little office in there. I had a, you know, my merchandise in there, CG fitness this was before athlete and everything. And I thought it'd be a good idea to open a membership gym. And at the time I, I didn't hire any employees. So, you know, I would get there at 7 a.m. I made some flyers and we had, you know, 20, 25 memberships. Paying, I was charging like 15 bucks a month. And I was there all day, all night, every morning. And it just, it, it ended up failing because I, I couldn't commit to being there. I, I was killing myself, you know, yeah. to to make what, 500 bucks, <laughs> bucks a month and with that gym. And was, I was still doing YouTube and it was kind of like my filming studio. It was a lot of fun, but I ended up putting a lockbox outside for the members Hey man, don't give the code out, but you know, you can come work out when you want. Just be sure you pay me at the end of the month. And of course you trust people with that kind of <laughs> right. power and people are stealing shirts. People are bringing all their friends for free, oh, not paying day passes. If I'm not, you know, it, it just became a take advantage of this scenario kind of thing. So I shut it down mm. and I just use it as my office and filming studio. And then, uh, I kept the, so that was the only business that was, that was that's the main thing that failed. Right. I wanted to have a gym so bad and I, I it just didn't work out. So went private for about a year and a half after that and just kept kind of like you, kind of like you have here where it was just the distribution. It was the gym. It was the office all under one roof. Mm. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I'm ready to give the gym again. I'm ready to try it again. And then 2016, January 1st, we went public. And ever since it's been doing really well. That's cool. Because we, we, we hired people for it. We set it. we actually focused on, as a business on it. Yeah. You, you learn from those mistakes. I think a lot of people do that with uh, business. A lot of people do that in the fitness industry in general, they start something and, uh, they just are starting it cause they're excited and cause they're passionate, which is not a mistake. That's actually a good thing, but, uh, there should always be some intent of, uh, trying to figure out how you're going to like pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> how you're going to, how you're going to actually make some dough. So how'd you transition into, you know, having the YouTube channel into having this uh, apparel brand? So I started with 50 tank tops. You know, this was about two and a half, three years into doing my channel. Um, there was some comments like, hey, you know, love to buy a shirt or something. And I was like, really? Okay, let me, let me go. I, was, I went and I printed some American apparel tank tops and uh, they sold out in like three minutes when I put them up. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow, that was, that, that was, that was a nice little chunk. Of, that was a good margin. You it's know, exciting said, too. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. So I hand, you know, I, I packed them up and then I ordered a few more, you know, did a hundred. And then I tried some hoodies and then, that line sort of started growing. It was CG Fitness, you know, my my name on the shirt. I had a little logo and, you know, it did really well. And then I got, you know, I, I was like, man, what if I do like a brand? You know, like, what if I actually like go and make high quality stuff and, you know, source some fabrics. And if I, you know, create a brand, not a name, because really who wants to well, who, who wants to wear Christian Guzman on their chest, you know, and go out and like, no, you yeah. want to have a brand that you can really stand behind. And uh, came up with the word athlete, which is alpha athlete combined into one boom athlete uh back in college buddy garrett 
uh, we were just sitting in the dorm and you know watching bigger, stronger, faster, watching pumping iron. All of a sudden, we were obsessed. Like, man, that sounds, that sounds cool. <laughs> and uh, I had a husky at the time, so it kind of you know oh, gotcha. Nala. So husky alpha, you know, mm-hmm. the whole vibe kind of happened, and um, went ahead and ran with it. And as soon as we launched that, uh, it was just you know. 20 times bigger than any launch I had ever had for my name. Wow. And that's when the company just started. That's, that's super cool. How, how do, how do you deal with, um, how do you deal with like competition? You know, it's really easy to kind of like look at the competition and kind of get suckered into maybe doing what they're doing or to even sometimes be jealous. You see somebody, something, somebody else is doing like, how do you, how do you deal with that? I think everyone feels that to some extent and it's hard not to compare yourself to other people or your business to other businesses yeah. or sizing and, them up. Right. Exactly. And, and it's not, it's good to have a, some competitive vibes in you, I think. But at the end of the day, if you, if you're copying what someone's doing, then they did it first. They're always going to be doing it first. If you're just copying, if you're just trying to sample the new Nike stuff that comes out, guess what? They already did it. Right. Right. You're, you're behind. So I think you really have to just find something that's not, being done and for for us it was finding and creating clothes that were you know i was so into i would go to zara and h&m and i'd buy these elongated tees that were you know really i was paying 30 bucks 28 bucks for mm-hmm. one and they would rip after washes or the tags would, would be holes in them because uh, they were just really cheap material so i was you, you know, like what the if, way they look the way they yeah, fit yeah the style was pretty cool yeah. so i was like man what if we make you know some some sleek shirts what if we you know, I have small waist and guys that work out typically have a broader chest. What do we taper the measurements in, mm-hmm. make them a little bit longer because shirts were always really short on me. And, and what if we, you know, bring the arms up, what if we make them a little, a little shorter and we do some raw cuts and we, we put minimal branding. I hate wearing, you know, big, big logos everywhere. Yeah. So we put a little tag on the back and, and you kind of develop your style, you know what I mean? Right. And I think that's what ended up making the brand. Our scoop next are our best seller for men or we, we source our own fabrics and we try to make really compressive leggings for women that hold everything in and make, make them feel confident in the gym. And how, how are you able to like navigate some of this? Like this stuff's hard, you know, I, I must, must've taken a long time, right? Yeah. A lot of time and we're still on it. You know, we're still trying to become the best we can be and just not, you know, try to just focus on what we're doing and how we can improve year after year. Just keep poking around. Yeah. Just keep asking questions and keep trying to learn. And, and just again, just like how you try to make your channel better and your videos better. We try to make the clothes better every time we, we launch something. We actually, we don't ever launch the same exact thing twice. There's always a tweet. There's always an adjustment. There's always a V2. We're always improving something. And I think that also creates the hype to where, Hey, things are going to sell out. There's going to be products to sell in five minutes. Guess what? It's not coming back. Right. So if you, you have to be ready, people, people are, are like, Oh man. Oh, they get <laughs> so mad, man. And yeah, it, it, it's finding a balance of allowing some products to sell out while also keeping a core, you know, amount of inventory for, you know, for say 60 to 90 days or having, you know, just black joggers always. You do need a little bit of that core branding because when people go to the site, you don't always want them to be pissed that something's sold out. So yeah, you need a little bit of stuff, A little bit, but at the same time, I think there's a, there's a variable in there that's just excitement. Right. You know what I mean? How hands-on are you with like the designs and. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me and the designer work hand in hand and you know, it's my baby. Always will be. Well, one question that we get like fairly often from somebody like you, it's like, and you started when you were young with the YouTube channel, but like, what's some advice that you would give, like, say, 19 year old self, you know, like uh, maybe some, I don't know, some roadblocks to avoid, or would you even bother? I never want to change it. You know, obviously everything got me to where I am, but I think if I could give myself one piece of advice, it would be, I was talking to Mark earlier, I was like, man, like, I feel like the, I wish I would have gotten 
someone to help me out a little bit earlier that was strong where I'm weak. So for me, I'm such a jumper. I just jump into things and I'll commit and I'll, I'll order the units before, you know, hey, we, we don't have the final sample, but it's, it'll be fine. No problem. Like, okay, let's, let's get on it. You know, let's do it where I should have waited. And, mm-hmm. or maybe I should have, I should have done more, more research on the back end, on the trademarking, on the, on the copy, on all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's, you know, now we're getting all these, just so many small pain in the asses where I, it could have been covered if I would have been better at the structure in the back end, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. And even with, ta- you know, things like taxes and filtering holding companies and this, and we're filtering through here and funneling through salaries and all these little things that could have saved hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I wish I would have known that earlier. Yeah. And then um, another good question, I, I forgot who asked it, so I apologize, but um, like in today's society or like the business and, you know, and everywhere, um, you kind of almost have to have like a social presence. Um, you know, you have your YouTube channel, you now have your Instagram. Um, if somebody doesn't have a gigantic following, what's the best way to network with other people? And you're trying, if you say you want to start a brand and you don't have a following. Yeah, essentially. Find people that have a following and find a way to budget, to be able to, even if you have a badass product, get, if you just get addresses, a ton Mm -hmm. of these people would love to, if it's a great product or unique or creative, then they'll want to use it. You know, if, if, when I got sent a slingshot for the first time, I wasn't going to pay to do that. I got a cool slingshot. I was, I got a new toy for the gym. I was going to show it off and try it out, you know, and it's organic things like that, where you have to come up with the product that people would want to use anyway, mm-hmm. just like with, with energy drinks, right? We, we have a list of like a hundred people we send them to a month and we, we don't get, we don't pay anyone or we don't, you know, require anything. We just want to send it. And, you know, it just so happens we get posted on a story a few times because they're drinking it midday and it's just organic promotion like that. So you need to find a way to, Find a way to reach people that can get it out to other mm-hmm. people. And then on a on the yeah, creative side of things, because um, I'm a photographer, that's how I got here. What do you look for with somebody, whether it be like um, I don't know, in marketing or like uh, design or even like film and video and stuff like that? Like what's something that, you know, again, like a no-namer like me who wants to reach out to someone like you like what's the, you know, maybe a couple steps to try to get it like, uh, you know, the, whatever the degrees of separation to try to kind of minimize the, um, the, the hoops you got to jump through to get to someone like you. Well, I think a, a big thing for us is if, if we I check outfit every day, my mm-hmm. whole team does, we're on the page, we're on the tag photos, we're on, you know, not DMS are so flooded now, but if, you're a quality photographer taking photos of, of people in Alfley or whatever, that's the best way we're going to see it. And it'll stand out if it's a good photo and it's a, if it's well lit and it's got really nice editing, it's going to stand out. I mean, Hey, who took that? Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, like we've started a lot of relationships because of that. And I think a lot of times just, for example, flying out to an event that, you know, you're going to be around maybe filming a video and recording stuff, just sending it for free to the team or, Hey, Alfred, I made this video for you guys. Or if you want to get, if you want to work with Mark, you, you come to one of the seminars, you film a really cool thing. Don't even talk mm-hmm. about anything and just send it. Hey, I made this for you. Uh, some really cool content, some pro- some some things you can maybe use on your social, and that's how you build the relationship. You just go direct, and you 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 do more. You, you're gonna have to work for free sometimes, mm-hmm. and I think that just giving a lot, and that's how you're gonna get noticed. Yeah, what you said is exactly how I got here. Yeah, um, really? I took pictures at a seminar and gave Mark my card, and that was it. That's all you got to do. Yeah, if you're <laughs> if you're really talented, and and we're like. Businesses need content. They need yeah. help. And yeah. oh, entrepreneurs I, are going to be so excited and pumped about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that take, is take initiative great. and that's, that's life, right? Take initiative and get out there, put yourself in the right spot. 
make sure you're in the right spot at the right time. Seems like you're, it seems like you're like insanely thoughtful about every single detail of your business. Um, you know, all the way to like the way that your website looks, uh, your clothing has a certain look, your, um, uh, Instagram has a certain look. I mean, everything seems to have this, this look and it's kind of, a. it kind of goes back to what you said in the beginning about uh, not wanting to have a giant logo across your chest Mm -hmm. and almost all the messages that I'm seeing through your website, through your, through the Instagram, uh, of your apparel brand, I'm seeing it. it has this real clean kind of sleek look. Are you, are you involved in every single aspect? Yeah. Every product that comes out, I, I'm, in, I'm in. So it's, I, I really enjoy it, you know? And yeah. I think it, it's kind of back to that Zara H&M. It's like, we want to provide a, a product that looks good, but is enhanced. The materials are, will shit on those, you know, fast fashion brands. Right. And we'll sell it for the same price, 20 right. bucks. And you're going to get a shirt that's going to last 10 times longer. It's going to, it's not going to shrink and make holes. It's going to last you. And I think if you can create a better product than your competition, that's actually better and don't just copy it and sell it for a, a fair price. I think that's how you build a reputation. Right. These joggers would be selling for a hundred plus dollars anywhere else. And if Nike, they'd be 150 bucks, <laughs> but, and we pay a lot for them. We don't have a margin that's super, super crazy or anything like that, but we want people to get the best product for the best price. Right. And, and you're, you're making things that look good and, uh, people can, can exercise in them, which is another huge part. And, you know, I think before guys like you came along, I think that a lot of people just, and I know that you sell a lot of women's apparel too, but I, I think that in general, the thought was like, well, dudes don't really care. Yeah. Guys don't really care. Like a guy doesn't care about his shorts, like being super tight and like hugging his uh, love handles. Like, no, no, no. Guys care about that just as much as chicks do. We don't want to feel fat or look fat or look unflattering when if we're working out. If you look good in the gym or that's a place you're going to, you're yeah. looking to improve yourself and you want to gain confidence. If you look good, that's a whole, that's just another, I'm excited when I get new gym clothes and, you know, and I'm, maybe I'm just that type and that's not everybody, but I'll get, you know, I'd be excited to go work out and I'd, I'd be pumped for my workout. You know, it, it helps me with that. It helps confidence. And if you feel like you're wearing a tapered, you, you feel like your arms look real. I wore this shirt today because I knew my arms look big in the shirt because the sleeves were kind of short. You know, right. I'm like, yeah, I want to look jacked for this video. It motiv- It just, it's a little, it's just a little bit, but it, it right. goes a long way. It's uh, kind of like the dressing room at, uh, you know, some places like Lululemon and stuff. I mean, people love to look good. The lighting in there is perfect. And you, you, you're you like, fuck, everything I put on looks good. Yep. This is pretty, pretty good, you know? And it, it gets you excited. It actually makes you kind of like buy into the product, right? And so the, these are huge, uh, you have huge that Lulu factors. discount, right? You got the, you have the program. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Like 25% off. Yeah. <laughs> I need, I, I need it, you know, cause I, I, I got lots of Lulu stuff. Yeah. Got that Lulu lemon. Yeah. Um, no, dude, that, yeah, Lulu, I, I, we were talking about Lulu the other day because I, I don't own any Lululemon anything. And then uh, Terrell, he, he tried some on and he was just like, I get it. I'm like, I don't get it. And he's yeah. like, you have to wear it. I'm like, all right, maybe I'll give it a shot. We'll That's see. what we want to do with outfit is a better price. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the comments are, everyone's talking about your, uh, your apparel right now. And they're talking about the joggers being like the best joggers on the market. Mm-hmm. And I was just show, telling them how you were showing us, you know, earlier, you know, you, you took them off and I'll, you threw them right at our face. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, ma- I'll make it so everybody can understand. And, and maybe not everybody will still understand because they might not have made this switch. But it's a difference between cotton underwear mm. and what Under Armour did with underwear. Uh, and then now everybody else makes this, that kind of same kind of underwear. But man, like <laughs> at the end of a long day, like those 
those cotton underwear, they like grew like four sizes Ooh. and they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. and they're kind of hot and they're this and that. They bunch up. They bunch up and or, everything or else. you can say the Calvin Klein, but my first pair of Calvin Klein underwear, I saw, you know, I saw Greg Plitt wearing them. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to buy some Calvin. It was right. $30 pair of underwear. <laughs> right. But you know what? When you, you're like, I get it. You right. Know? And <laughs> yeah. now I swear I wear Alfie underwear every single day and they're right. better. It's a, you want to create a better product and you want to sell at a better price and you just feel you feel good, you yeah. know, dressing well, you, you feel just more, you keep your chest a little bit higher when you're walking around. It's actually, just... it's really, it's a really interesting thing to watch the progression of all these companies. Cause you know, now that I'm actually kind of thinking about it yeah, and, uh, it all kind of almost started with Under Armour, but Under Armour, they, they messed up. They kind of missed, they missed their window because Under Armour, uh, made fitted stuff, which was, uh, you know, it was stuff that you wore under your football uniform, mm-hmm. but that was like too fitted. That was like too tight. And like, and yeah, it was compression. And anybody could, uh, you know, anybody that was, uh, even, even in, even if you were in really good shape, it was hard to look good in those things because yeah. they were too tight, but they were the ones with the moisture wicking. They were the ones with the, you know, the, the, the technology where it wouldn't smell and, and all yeah. this stuff. And they kind of like really, uh, blazed a trail, but then, you know, Lululemon came along and some of the other companies came along and, and now you're seeing, you're starting to see more and more, uh, companies kind of enter this market. How do you stay ahead? I think you stay ahead just by, again, just continually trying to make your product better. And I also think being transparent with your customers, uh, any change we make to a, like our legging, for example, or the legging that's all hyped up. And we've been through, we've been selling that legging for years, but it just now gained traction because we, every single time we've made small changes, we get feedback, we change feedback, we change, we make it better and better and better. And I, I think just letting people know what you're changing, why you're changing it, try it on a bunch of people. So before customers buy, they can see, oh, here's seven different body types. I, I'm going to relate to this girl. Let me see. Let me make sure you got to give them confidence, especially buying online, just by giving as much as you can, all the info you can, all the details you can possibly think of to make someone feel comfortable and to want to set their alarms to get them at 10 a.m. Mm. You know, do you sometimes, uh, you sometimes like kind of scratch your head and kind of wonder like, how did I get in this spot? Because you're, you're sitting there and you're talking about like camel toe and, uh, oh, I'm an expert. armpit, I'm arm, armpit, expert. armpit <laughs> stains. And you know, like you're sitting there talking about all this weird shit every day. You sometimes like, man, what, what does my life become here? What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. But camel toe the, expert. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah. I mean, we've, yeah. Trust Loose me, knuckle. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So I he's yeah. got to explore all of it. Yeah. Got to see a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> but then you, you just have to, you have to take it in. Like for example, we have to change the shape. We have to bring it slightly, you know, a quarter inch forward. We're actually putting double the fabric on that area right. where, you know, you make it longer down the leg. So it actually doesn't hike up as much. You right. change the front inseam. So you don't have as, you don't have a pull up front. There's so much to think about and you have to just get out there and make a product and then you learn to make them better. And we don't have, perfect products we're making them better original time but a lot of times the adjustment might be opposite of what you think too like you'd get mm-hmm. get some clothes adjusted one way and mm. we've done that with uh some of the products that we've created where we're like oh no that did okay that that worked the opposite of the way that we thought it was gonna yeah, work i thought you were talking about like reducing the camel toe actually drop sales but you add more camel toe and then all of a sudden now guys are just buying them left and right for their chicks <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, wow, okay. I thought well, they said, you know, that they're taking customer feedback. Okay, now all of a sudden these things are more see-through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, whoops. A good example, we actually, this was maybe a year ago. We uh, 
we changed our shape of the, we call it modesty panel, you know, the, the, that panel down there. And we had this kind of oval shape and it was good. We could have been better. So what is Lulu doing? You know, like they have the best, it's the best female mm -hmm. legging. Everyone raves about them. So okay. they have a triangle shape. So we're, right, we're going we're gonna to do this triangle. We're going to try a triangle shape. We did it and it ended up hiking everything up. That was our work. That was so much camel toe on our specific product that it just, it ruined everything. It, it was such a huge step backwards. So it, it's like, just because someone else is doing something right. doesn't mean you need to do it also, you know, because right. everything's so different. The uh, camel toe project that changed the world. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's uh yeah, it's just, uh, there's so many different things to think about, but it's very obvious that you're super thoughtful with everything that you guys are doing and congratulations on everything. How do you turn it off? How do you shut down? Yeah, still figuring that one out, but I mean, I, you're 25. You don't need to shut anything. Yeah, down, I don't right? want to shut it off yet. No, I, I just be sure I try to, you know, at night have a few, an hour or two, you know, just be able to have some downtime, put the phone down. Uh, I work a lot during the day, so at the end of the day, my mind's pretty fried, and so at that point where I'm just like, Ugh, all right, it's time to chill for a bit, and just having that reset. You know, I try to take a vacation and spend some time with the girlfriend and leave the phone in the car and just every once in a while, you know, and be able to just get away. You and your girlfriend live together now? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, how's that transition been? It's been great. I mean, so she lived three and a half hours away, so we'd be commuting back and forth. So we get along great. We both work a lot. We both understand. Um, we, we, before this trip, we'd been together every day, every night for four or five months straight since she That's moved awesome. in. So, and That's cool. we don't, we, we don't argue, you know, it's just real smooth and it, it it's great. I don't know. It works really well. How do you deal with, uh, we get so many people talking about depression, anxiety. I, I ran into a lot of people at the LA Fit Expo who, you know, they said, you know, listen to this podcast and some of the messages I share, they say it helps. How do you personally deal with it? So for me, anxiety really does come and go. I mean, I get, I'm trying to juggle so much and all, a lot of times I'll just get so absorbed and I'll just, then you throw YouTube videos on top of it. I don't have any help right now. And so it does become a lot. And I think just taking a step back a lot, a lot of times. And for me, honestly, it's like once every few weeks or once a month, I just, you know, go to a, a spot in my gym where no one can find me and just kind of sit and be alone for a bit and kind of figure out, okay, where do I need help right now? And, you know, real, maybe I have to, I need to hire this manager or I need to do this or I need to find someone to help with, with, with content over here and just trying to allocate a little more. Mm. And, you know, is that hard for you? hundred percent. But you don't want to like let stuff go. You want it to be a certain way. I like to, I think with Alfie, that's my most, like I need to be hands-on, especially with design and manufacturing movement. And that's the big company that I'm really trying to focus on. Um, but things like the gym managing, you know, I love getting just updates, you know, things like the, the operation side. Now Derek handles hiring. He hired, he, he, he brings on the customer store. He handles all that now, you know? And so, and you know, Becca's all my, 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 the accounts and anything dealing with money. And so I, I can kind of just get recaps now mm. and that I'm really trying to, you know, do the best I can to allocate. Yeah. That, that, it can be, can be difficult, but if you surround yourself with a good team, then you can, you know, learn to kind of like let, let things go a little bit more. Does your uh, girlfriend, uh, does she ever kind of like stop you and say, Hey, like you need, probably need a little bit of a break. It's actually a little bit of the opposite. Cause she, she actually, she'll go at, I like to say like at 80% all day till she, she can be editing and then fall asleep at her computer where I like it, it say I go like a hundred percent, but I tap out she a little has earlier. A YouTube channel as well. Yeah. She's on YouTube. She got 1.7, 1.8 million on Instagram. She's doing, you know, killing it with her women's apparel line buff bunny. So she works a lot and 
she she kind of balances a little bit more friends and personal time in between the day. But for me, I like just knock it all out, and then I like have my time at night. So you know, it, it just, come on, save it for the morning. Let's just hang out a little bit at night, and she's getting better at that too. So <laughs> yeah, it's well, we yeah. I mean, compared to the average couple, I think we're we're working a lot. So <laughs> yeah, you guys are working twenty four seven. It sounds yeah. like yeah. She couldn't come this weekend. She had a launch, and you know her most successful one, and she's it's just great. That's cool. Do you guys uh, compare? You know, like, hey, this is my. You know, you guys tease each other. Like, you guys get in a little competition. Uh, we we try. I've been doing it for longer, and I've yeah. been. You know, the business is a little bit older, so I tell her like, compared, like, you're smashing it. You know, compared right. to where we were at, and like, you're doing so good, and she's doing amazing. Um, and yeah, yeah, we do. That's cool. And then her, she has a her own apparel brand, and it's a women's uh, women's, women's apparel. only apparel. Yeah. That's cool. That's so cool. Um, how'd you guys meet? Uh, really through mutual friends, social media. Uh, I was single at the time and had found out that she was recently single. I had known of her and, you know, we'd been to events. You're like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, yo, going to put in a word real quick. Yeah. yeah. Slide the guy ignored a few times on the DMs that finally weaseled my way in. (laughs) Right. Then it's been history since. That's awesome. Uh, you're going to compete coming up. Yes, I think I'm going to compete mid, I am going to compete uh, mid to late June. The Summer Shredding Classic, which is a bodybuilding show I'm hosting, is on the 29th. So I just need to be sure I compete at least a week or two before that. So I can fuel up and give the attention, have the energy to put on and host a show. Uh, So probably the 15th or the 22nd, I'll be competing somewhere. Anything uh, coming up that you want to tell people about that uh, you got to launch or uh, you're going to be at any events where people can uh, come see you? Uh, right now coming up, I think the biggest thing is just opening up summer shredding. So we opened up summer shredding events.com, which is, uh, we host an online competition transformation challenge every single cool. year. We pick 25 winners to win $2,000 so 50 grand being given away. Uh, we pick males and females. You don't, it's not just based on getting super shredded. Mm. We pick just good stories. You know, if you went from 40% body fat down to 30, you know, if, if you went from, you know, there, we have a wide array right. of winners and it's a big challenge every single year. And then we also have our bodybuilding show if you want to come compete in person. Awesome. Yeah. And I think everybody knows where to find you because you're pretty damn popular, pretty damn big. Anything else, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, I've seen a couple of questions over here, but um, I mean, just plain and simply, like uh, there's some hard gainers out there, me being one of them. Like what are some like easy steps to follow to get, get, um, get some gains? Number one, just track your calories for mm-hmm. track every day for at least say 10, 14 days mm-hmm. and just see what you're intaking on a daily basis. With that, I would say, be sure you're weighing yourself in the morning on an empty stomach and you'll be able to see, okay, if I'm having 3,800 calories a day, is my weight completely stabilized? Is it kind of increasing just a little bit? If it's increasing just a little bit, that means you're on the right track. Maybe you should stick with that number for another week or two. And if you notice that that, that your weight's plateauing, and I know it's kind of annoying to weigh yourself every morning, but you, you really have to to see what's, what's happening. So if you stop, okay, instead of 38, I'm going to go up to 40, 4,100 or maybe 4,000. And then once that stops, I'm going to go 4,200. And I, I think you just absolutely have to, you have to know what you're intaking. You have to know what your weight is and you have to see the trends to be able to make adjustments. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. No worries. All right, man. Awesome having you here. Really appreciate no, you coming you, out here to Super Training. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never a strength. Catch you guys later.